This is the Powered Up Podcast, show 131, Summer PD Series number six. But now I can pursue it in this other way or this different way or in this other format or something. Um, but if it was your goal and you disappear, then it ends. And it's like, they're, they're not, you know, they're, they're, they just have a negative experience from that goal. And so they may associate that with goal setting itself. And that's not a good outcome. Welcome to a real world education with insight and advice from teachers in the game, where current and former educators reveal what truly sets apart the great teachers and what it takes to make a positive impact on students. Whether you're in pre-service learning, new to the game, or a seasoned veteran, this is the show for you. You'll leave feeling inspired to take action because we are powering education by empowering you. Hey, what's going on, everyone? This is Ken Herman, host of the Power to Podcast, and I am here without my typical co-host, Mr. Matt Rogers, but I am here with my good friend, Don Burr, coming back to the Power to Podcast. I am super excited to have you back, and I am super excited to continue our second annual Summer PD series. If this is the first time you are listening to our podcast overall, you're jumping right in the middle of our Summer PD series where we break the format of our typical show and we try to dive deep on a specific topic that we feel would be most beneficial for our listeners and our teachers during the summer break. Our typical show format, we have on amazing educators, authors, speakers, or um, you know, scientists and researchers like we have uh, Don here with us. And we get to know their passions, what has led them through their career in education and related to education. Um, and But tonight we're really diving deep on a specific topic. So for purposes of this conversation, in addition to being the host of the podcast, I am a former fifth grade teacher, former elementary STEM teacher, and I am now serving as a secondary instructional coach. Don, welcome back. Say hi to everybody and give them a, a quick intro of who you are and what you do. All right. Thanks for having me. Um, really, uh, my my approach to the uh, or experience in the whole world of education came from a very different angle. Um, when I, uh, I have over a decade of experience leading children in a variety of settings, but not usually in a formal classroom setting. So uh, one of the most interesting ways I did that was actually homeschool other people's kids for a time. Um, and yet is about using the community as the primary learning resource, um, really diving into what was available, libraries, uh, parks, whatever it was. and But I then uh, later on went and got a degree in psychology um, and studied patterns of motivation in two schools that operate in very different ways uh, for my thesis research. Um, so, so I have both practical experience working with kids and a degree in psychology. And so that's what I bring to the conversation. Excellent. Thank you so much. And for those of you listening, if you did not hear when Don was on our show before, he was on show 107. So I would encourage you to go back and, and check that out because it was a really, really interesting show where we learn a lot about, like Don said, the, the science and the, the understanding behind things that happen in the school that can really help impact our instruction. So today I want to focus on the topic of goal setting. 
And I am personally very excited about this conversation because I am an extremely goal-oriented person. I set goals in many different facets in my life. And when I honestly evaluate it, sometimes I knock them out of, par- out of the park and other times they completely fade away. And so I'm interested to see how this conversation can not only help me, but when I was in the classroom, self-contained fifth grade teacher, goal setting was a huge part of my classroom right off the bat and throughout the school year. So I want to talk about those experiences, but really lean on you, Don, as well with uh, your understanding and your knowledge related to this topic. So to start off nice and slow, how, how would you define goal setting? And are there any common misconceptions that you think exist around goal setting that would help clear anything up for our audience? Yeah, I think um, goal, goal setting is really interesting because it's one of those things where um, we, on the simplest level, it's just sort of like, I have an intention, I'm going to do something, you know, and, and there's some state of the world or state of myself that that I see a difference between the way I want it to be and the way it is. Uh, and then you, so therefore you have a goal, a, a, you have a, a way to get to that different place than you are already. Um, so that's a very simple way to look at it. Um, but it turns out that it's really complicated <laughs> um, because what we don't realize is that, sure, I have this intention, but there's a whole set of processes going on in my brain that I'm not even aware of. In fact, most of what we think about, if, if you think of thoughts as just anything going on in, in the brain, um, most of what you're thinking is not available to the mind that's setting goals. Um, the mind that is you know, deciding on what the way the world should be versus the way it is. Um, so that actually introduces a lot of complications that is really hard to uh, wrap your brain around um, because you know, there's, you could say that there's these ways that your brain has these goals that you're not even aware of. <laughs> so, so it's immediately complicated by the fact that, um, you know, you're trying, well, I mean, the simplest thing is like your body is trying to maintain some homeostasis, trying to, you know, keep itself fed and watered and, you know, keep the oxygen coming in. Um, so like kind of like bringing in Maslow's hierarchy, like those, those essential needs are almost goal. Your brain almost looks at those as, right, as right. goals. I mean, but... see that Maslow's hierarchy is a little tricky because uh, there's no hierarchy. <laughs> um, there, there's a there's a simplistic hierarchy. Yes, you will die sooner from air loss of air than you do loss of food. You know, like okay, so there's a simple time hierarchy. But in terms of the way often people talk about hierarchy of needs, like they'll say, uh, you know, you have to you have to meet certain needs before you meet other needs. Not really. Um, now, when you run into those time horizons, like, yes, if someone's really starving, they're not going to be getting other needs, you know, like that's that. Right, right, right. But, but we also have to recognize that, you know, someone like Gandhi, um, did a fasting as a part of his protest. So he, you know, he was doing amazing goal oriented, purposeful work in the world while he was literally starving himself because in later in his life, he was, you know, trying to keep India together or to, you know, make progress on things. So he was overriding what we are usually considered lower goals, you know, like he was overriding the need for food with purpose and with these meaningfulness 
meaningful goals that were super important for not only him but to many people. So, so I, I basically you know, Maslow's hierarchy isn't really a good model, but right, uh, right. but beyond that, there there is a certain uh, you have you have to respect the fact that the body needs things, uh, nonetheless. Um, but but that's where in education in particular, uh, we do need to you know get the kids fed. But then part of that needs to be the the meaningfulness that they derive from the the, the learning experience from how they're engaging. Um, and that that's actually one of those what you would say meta goals that the body has is autonomy is one of those meta goals. It's one of those things that if you don't if your goal undermines the meta goal you know like you say okay well um i'm gonna i'm gonna lose weight and so i'm gonna get more exercise i'm gonna eat less food or something like that well <laughs> you can set that goal but that doesn't mean that your body's necessarily going to go along with it and that's where you have when you say you know sometimes those those goals peter out sometimes those goals just don't quite work out well the first thing to look at is were you undermining your own autonomy by trying to control yourself like just the way a teacher can be too controlling in a classroom and it stops the learning, you can do that for yourself. You can say, oh, I'm going to just be so disciplined. Well, you, if you're trying to override your own autonomy or, you know, whether these other goals, relatedness or, you know, you can, the, the goals that the conscious mind is setting are always going to be overridden by the meta goals that your body has. Like it. Okay. So that, 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 that makes sense. And, and so, for for purposes of this conversation to our listeners we're going to we're going to talk a lot about this but we're also going to experience this in the lens of setting our own goals as professionals and also looking at how to incorporate this with students so we will we will dive back and forth between those so let me let me give a, an example and see if there's is some sort of reasoning and maybe this is a good example for what you're saying so this podcast this is uh, we're in the 130s of of this podcast and i have not missed i have not missed a week since we launched. And I had, I really had two goals, never miss a week and produce, focus on producing quality content. And I'd like to think we're doing our best with the, with the quality content and we haven't missed a week. I tried so many, I've always wanted to produce content related to education and just try to create a product that's useful and meaningful for teachers. I tried so many times to blog, to write, and it always felt heavy. It was difficult for me to do. And it's not that I dislike writing, but it was just getting my ideas on paper on a consistent basis. I never lasted more than a couple of weeks. Then I was like, maybe and then a year, like maybe I'll do it every other week. You know, it won't be as often. It, it didn't matter the frequency. And so this one, I hit it right away. So is there a part of that that is just because I enjoy it more than another? Or is, it, or is that medical part of that? Um, how, how can teachers evaluate why they're so successful with one goal and they struggle with another? Well, I think that's, that's exactly right to look, look at one of, look at those meta goals, look at autonomy, competence, and relatedness being the main ones that contribute to meaningfulness. Now, uh, beneficence or benevolence is another one. Um, you don't miss it when it's gone, but it's definitely something you have to take into account. Um, and so, yeah, there, that's where the, um, the the disconnect is likely in one of those areas is do you really uh value it in the way you think you do um what is it that you value about it um like like it may be that writing is too lonely 
And so this thing is much more of a related, you know, we're, we're directly relating to each other. We can see each other. We get a lot of cues from each other. Um, so there's a lot of relatedness in this. Um, and so that might be a much stronger uh, way for you to express who you are. Um, and, and enjoyment is likely one of those things that's derived from getting all those needs met. It's, it's all juicy and interesting uh, because you have these ways that you're operating uh, to be competent. Uh, maybe that, that could be another piece of it too. I don't know how, how you feel about your writing or, the, or whether the mechanics of writing are, the, are, are a difficult part. Uh, I know, you know, as somebody who's written a number of books, it's like, you know, I never saw myself, you know, as a writer per se, although I have a bunch of books out, you know, it's like, um, but that was also, uh, there's an overriding goal of like, oh, okay, I really enjoy the process of putting the ideas together. Um, you know, there, there's an aspect to it, even if the editing is not my strength or the uh, you know, there's aspects to it that, that are really challenging, and that's why it's great to have a team. <laughs> um, um, and, and I also have produced a lot of videos in the last couple of years, um, and that I find that that's actually uh, also a very energizing part of the process. And I have a harder time kind of doing some of the basic outreach that I need to be doing, um, you know, but, you know, you got to find ways to to work with those things. And, and you also have to look at, you know, what are the fundamentals of like for yourself as an act, as somebody who's teaching, you know, if you're in the classroom, you know, that takes a lot of energy. I, uh, my, my writing make, made a transformation when I was able to kind of quit the day job and, and, and really focus on the, on the writing and, and that process. And so, you know, it's, it's getting into it, get, finding those leverages for, for how to pursue it in a way that's really satisfying uh, is very important. Okay. So how do teachers set a successful goal for the school year? So let's just say that it's summertime, they're listening to this, and they want to approach the year and they want to set some sort of goal related to what they do on a daily basis with students, whether it's an instructional goal, relationship goal with with uh, classroom culture, anything that impacts the daily practice of their classroom, how can they search for that goal successfully and set themselves up to successfully pursue it? Yeah, I think I think the um, uh, really the 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 thing about knowing yourself is okay. Figure out the intersection between what I'm good at, what I enjoy, and what I have to do. Um, is is where do those things come together? And sometimes there are going to be things that you just got to do. Um, and if the more you can frame the necessary activities that you may not necessarily want to do but have to do, the more you can deeply uh, uh, play with or be in the the bigger picture. The the how does this serve your your other goals? How does it, you know, how, how can I find something about this that really is an expression of who I am? Um, is is really diving deep into okay? Is this is this truly necessary? And if it is necessary, how can I do it in a way that's interesting, engaging? You know, that 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 gets serves those meta needs you know, the, the, the meta goals of, of the autonomy and the competence and the relatedness and beneficence is 
finding and, and ways to mine that activity for opportunities for that. And sometimes it may mean training yourself in doing it, you know, like, like behavioral training works, <laughs> um, you know, give yourself wh where, where can I give myself a reward for doing this thing? Um, that's yeah, is there, is there, is there, uh, is there key pieces in checkpoints or, you know, small goals that reach towards a larger goal? Is there, is there logic and reasoning in, in establishing those? Oh, absolutely. Um, that largely has, when you talk about small goals is what you're doing is you're trying to mine that thing for, okay, what's something achievable right now? Cause you're going to get a little bit of like, okay, got it done, you know, good. You know, if I'd have tried to approach books as, as like, okay, now how do I write 24 chapters, uh, you know, on, on this thing? It's like, no, nah, that, that'll never work. I actually, my, my little book was really taking several other books and then figuring how to weave them together. Um, iterating on things is, is a really helpful thing. So, so mining it for those gems and figuring out, okay, you know, it is, is accomplishing, you know, checking off the box, something that's really boring. I don't find checklists to be particularly, I have checklists because uh, I need to keep track of a lot of complicated things, but that's not what's rewarding for me. But there are people for whom like getting that checkbox done. Oh yeah, that's good. Okay. Mm -hmm. that just doesn't like the people that write, they did it and then they write it on their checklist just to check it off. Exactly. That's, those exactly. are, if that's you, that's, that's a motivator for you. Exactly. And, and it's finding those little things that are like, okay, how do I manipulate my own behavior to get me to do the things I really need to do to really serve my bigger goals? Um, there's nothing wrong with rewards and punishments. <laughs> if you're using them carefully, if you're using them in the service of the bigger goals of more meaningful goals, um, you know, you know, I had to, to learn how to make videos or write, you know, good senses and I'm getting better, <laughs> but you're never done either. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's really mining your, your knowledge of yourself, knowledge of what your goals are. And, and always, if there's something that you're having difficulty with, how does it tie back to, or into that bigger goal, that bigger, more juicy, more interesting thing. And, and quite frankly, be really ruthless about not doing things that you absolutely don't have to do. You know, if you really can get away with not doing it, give yourself a buy and say, you know, go for it. You know, like, like, okay, I don't need to do that. Um, but, but that's a tricky decision too, especially if you're talking about being in a context of teaching where you've got kids and you've got principals and you've got, you know, a larger system. Um, that's where you, in that context, you really need to be, probably be collaborating on what are the things I really have to be doing? Um, collaborating how, with your principal and stuff. How much, how much, uh, how much of a benefit do you think it is for for people to have, whether it's an accountability partner or people involved in the goal with them, to help them, to help them move towards what they're what they're ultimately striving for. Uh, amazingly important. Um, and I'm someone who is happy to be a loner, you know, be off on my thing, doing my thing. Uh, but having someone who can be like, you know, my, my, my partner doesn't hold me accountable, um, but she's interested in what I'm up to. She's, she's supportive. And so, um, you know, it's up to me to figure it out, how to get it done. But it's amazing what a difference it makes to have that person in my life, to have somebody who's, who's you know, really going to say, oh, how'd that go? How is it going? You know, what are you doing next? Um, you know, because we have both the relatedness, um, the particular relatedness one, I mean, like, 
people like myself who can be happily alone uh, might underestimate the level of value that we get out of relatedness. Um, I, I realize it now as I've gotten older, as I was younger, I was like, oh, I'll just be, you know, go do my thing. Um, didn't work out very well. But, <laughs> but when you get a partner in there, you know, that makes a big difference. Um, and, and it is something to recognize that both autonomy and relatedness sometimes might seem like they contradict each other, like it's one or the other, not both. Uh, but it is both. Um, you know, we are not autonomous without others. <laughs> it actually doesn't work unless we really find out ways to to work with other people on on whatever it is. Um, and and you know, people do have different set points for that. Like I happen to be, I think, have a very high need for autonomy, probably more so than my need for relatedness. But it doesn't mean I don't have both. It just means that one might be defaulting more higher than the other. And and that's an important thing to figure out for yourself is like, oh, okay. I mean, one thing that short circuits a lot of my goals is if I don't feel competent in the thing, like I, I was uh, had an opportunity to travel to France last year. And so I was like, oh, maybe I'll just pick up some French, you know, so I got some books and things that didn't happen. <laughs> um, because I think mainly because I didn't feel competent in learning that language or in, in language learning. Um, and I didn't find the app or anything that, you know, some magic thing to make it work. Um, uh, but, you know, it, it also wasn't that of a higher priority. Maybe someday I will. Um, it's on my bucket list to actually pick up another language. But but I've also realized for myself that the best way to do that is going to be go live there, wherever. wherever. <laughs> I just want to live somewhere else for long enough, probably three to five years, um, long enough to pick up the language. Uh, right, right. So, so from a teacher's perspective, if we're thinking, who can we use as accountability partners? <clears throat> there's multiple, there's multiple strategies. One, if you have a, a good relationship with your administrator, one that you feel is very supportive of you, or you're on the rotation of uh, observations that year, you can align those goals to that. And that's going to be, but that's going to be a strong accountability partner. But I, I would say from my perspective, and I'm, I'm sure you would agree on that, there has to be that level of trust with your administrator, not one right. that you feel that you feel anxious about that, that process. You have your grade level partners or your content area partners, whether you're elementary or secondary, that you can maybe set common goals, or maybe you both just set a goal that's completely unrelated, but once a week, once a month, you check in with each other and you ask, how's it going? And even just knowing that a person is going to say, hey, what have you done? That sometimes can be motivation enough because we don't want to disappoint that person. That's right. That's right. And the last group that I would say is your students. Oh, I, I was very open with my students and I would tell them my goals. Mm -hmm. I would tell them what I was hoping to accomplish that year, whether I had it set for the beginning of the year. I usually walked in the school year with something. And then some point during the year, I would read something, see something, go to a conference, learn something. And I would have a whole new set of goals that I would I would bring to them as well. But it definitely helped me focus on accomplishing it more because the kids are sitting in front of me every day. Okay. And so there's no better accountability partner than someone that's watching you, even if it wasn't something that impacted my daily practice. Right. It was the, well, they're going to start wondering, hey, why hasn't he done this in a while? Or mm -hmm. is he ever going to try that again? Or they might call me out on it. Mr. Herman, you haven't done this in a while and you said this is one of your goals. Right. Um, right. So, so you have those different audiences that can that can definitely work as your accountability partner. Yeah. So now let let's say we let's say we use our students as our accountability partner. So one of one of my goals was to 
uh, one of my goals was to help this. I wanted the students to feel like they had more ownership in the classroom. And so I slowly created different ways for them to take ownership. One was designing the physical space of the classroom right off the get-go in, in the beginning of the school year. How does a child, whether they're age five to 18, seeing a professional, a teacher or someone they hopefully respect and, and have good rapport with, seeing them work towards a goal, does that have any impact on them and their own goals? Oh, absolutely. I think, um, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's the modeling of how to, how to value your own time energy. You know, what, what, what you're doing, is it worth investing in accountability, goal setting, you know, like, like the structures that you create, um, really, they're really going to, uh, uh, see it and go, Oh, okay. That's, that's an option. That's a, that's a, that's something I could do. Um, particularly if you're really, you know, being honest about when it works and when it doesn't, um, you know, they, they need to see that, that there's a, there's a process. Um, and, and, you know, it, I think it goes back to, uh, in, in a lot of ways, being the learner, you know, being lead learner in your room, um, is I think a really valuable, piece of the pie is a piece of how you can operate effectively um, is if you're the, the, the learner in the room uh, who's willing to, you know, be vulnerable and, 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 and have your process in front of them, um, then they say, oh, okay, you know, that's, they, they whether they adopt it or not, uh, doesn't matter, but at least they see that that's, that's how learning works. That's how humans work um, is, is, you know, they they do have can see and, and you can be trying out different ways of doing the goal, um, and and I think it is really valuable to say oh that didn't work, um, and then say you know either have the open conversation of like well I've decided that goal wasn't as important as I thought and so I'm going to let it go or I think it's really important and so I need to keep trying and find a different you know way to approach it, um, and and having that conversation out loud not only helps yourself uh, but it helps them understand. You know, yes, you do sometimes. You know, like, you know quitting is not an option. Well, you know, sometimes it is, um, and sometimes it needs to be um, because you know it, it it does not help anyone if you you know hurt yourself in the process of of trying to to do something that that isn't really true to who you are, um, or it just is is not true to what needs to happen in the in right now. Um, so, so yeah, I think that I think, and I think using frameworks is, I think, a, a really good way to uh, help them understand, you know, that there is, it's not just, oh, I decided in my mind that I would do this, and then I, I made some superhuman effort and then achieved it. Um, that's when I think, you know, we kicked off with, you know, are there some myths and things about, and it's like, oh, I can just set my mind to it, and 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 it, my willpower will will generate this, you know, outcome in the world for me. Um, that is definitely not how it works. Um, you know, and that, you know, in songs and things <laughs> or TV shows, you know, like the, the, you have this, you know, the, the Rocky who goes out and, you know, achieves his oh, goal. Careful, careful. I'm from Philly. So oh, yeah. <laughs> aside, uh, aside from Rocky, yes, it is. You right. can't just set our mind to it and accomplish it. And, and, and there is, you know, 
it's perfectly valid to say, you know, Rocky, it could be true to his character. Like, like that, that could have been the thing that he needed to do in the world. Like, like that's, that's perfectly valid. Um, but to say that I can set any goal and achieve it is like, you can set any goal consistent with who you are and the circumstances you have. Now, it doesn't mean that it can't be audacious. It should be audacious <laughs> if you're setting large goals. Um, you know, audacious is a really good thing. <laughs> um, but it better be something that's really consistent with who you are and how you are in the world. Um, you know, I could set a, a you know, hairy, big, hairy, audacious goals. It's one of the, the uh, tools that people use, right? Um, but if it's not really consistent with who I am, you know, if, I'm going to go win the Indy 500. And you're like, no, nah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> right. I, wa I want to go back to the, the frameworks that you mentioned and, and see if there's any specific ones that are more valuable or just maybe there's multiple to find the one that works for you. But is there is there um, is there a way to build goal success momentum? So if I am accomplishing goals, does that make it does that make it easier to set other goals that maybe so let's say I had I had a goal right now and I just could not get any momentum towards it and then I move on and then I set a new goal and I knock it out of the park I set another goal I knock it out of the park and then I and then I come back to it and I say I want to try that again have I built goal momentum or does it still just need to align to what builds motivation, the autonomy, relatedness, and, and competency? Right. So I, I would say that that the it wouldn't. I, I think it would be better to say your momentum is not about the goals. The momentum is choosing a goal that's aligned with how you are in the world, um, and 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 where your edges are. You know, I don't know if you know about this this idea of edges of like like you have a comfortable place in the middle. And then in certain directions in your life, you can go and 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 say, you know, in in your personal relationships, you know, there there's an edge to your relationships, an edge where you're not going to be feel so comfortable. You're pushing your edges of you're you're getting to that edge of where your skill is about to drop off. You know, like like you have to push into those things. So so what you're building momentum in is some aspect of skills in the world some aspect of self-expression, the autonomy piece in that world, and, and, and the building relationships around those things. So it's, there is a form of momentum, but it's not just goal-achieving momentum. It's, it's how am I expressing in the world in a way that aligns with who I am? And who you are is about your needs. Now, it's a little, your needs are more than those you know, few things I've mentioned. I've just, I focus on the universal needs. But individuals have needs that are unique to them. They may have some that are culturally based, you know, something that's, that's how your culture values certain things. Um, and so you have, you, what you're building is, is okay, I'm, I'm figuring out where who I am lines up with the needs of the world um, and, and, and pushing those edges. And so what you're, what you're doing is, is building some set of capacities um, in the world and in yourself um, too. So if if when you when you come back to that goal that fell off, if you can see how it furthers you along one of those edges, if it, if it brings you to a new edge that you're willing to explore, <laughs> willing to push against, 
um, then yes, you're, you're mo there is a form of momentum there. But if you go in a completely different direction that you don't have, you know, those, you're, you're not as confident or competent, um, then you need to really be careful about approaching that and say, okay, is this really aligned with everything I need to be doing in my world right now, with who I am right now? Um, and, and so that's the, that is the tricky bit is, is okay, you know, I, I've built in these directions and now I'm going in a different direction. I mean, that's what I did um, uh, around COVID was I'd spent eight years in, a, in environmental politics. Um, and then I went, you know what, this isn't where I need to be right now. <laughs> you know, like I, I, I made a change. Uh, nine months into the, the pandemic, uh, most, most people are still under lockdown. It's like, I quit a job and, and took on writing the new book and, and things like that. So I really shifted everything, but that was largely about kind of my position in life had changed such that that was a reasonable thing to do. Eight years before that wasn't a reasonable thing to do. And so I don't regret the doing, pursuing a different set of goals that I did for eight years. I did some good work in the world, um, had imp built important skills, built, you know, a lot of things that actually inform what I'm doing now um, in education. So, so it's, it's a matter of like, okay, now that was made more sense. And so I could come back to that and do that more centrally. So it is something that, that, you know, um, and, and I've, you know, I can say I wrote the book, I've got the website out, you know, I've got a variety of, it, it has. And, you're, and even still. your, your, your competencies could just change where perhaps competency was the reason that your goal fell off. Right. Right. And then you're coming back to it and maybe you've built up more skills Absolutely. That would allow you to more competently approach that, and and you might, and then you might, you might go over that hurdle. So take, so Absolutely. take me back to frameworks. What are some goal, goal setting and, and goal tracking frameworks that you think are successful and may, and and even highlight is one better for adults versus versus our students to help them set their own goals. Um, I, I think that that the, there are tons of interesting frameworks, um, and so. Uh, one of the ones that's more famous is the SMART goals, um, which, which there's actually several variations on it, um, but, but you know, specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, time-bound, and then you can have SMART-er and you add evaluate and readjust. <laughs> um, and then, you know, some people have is some other variations. framework yet? Yeah. So, so SMART is actually, you know, because in in some ways the opposite of that in, in is the BHAG, you know, big hairy audacious goals. So so uh, this one person talks about you know like smart starts with specific, you know, and and another person says it's small, specific, sustainable actions. Um, so there's there in some ways the big hairy audacious goals are you, you need to look at where you're where you're talking about like like um, is this a team thing? Because that's where the big hairy audacious goals actually came from. Was was really about whole companies and large groups really setting a big goal. Like, okay, you've got a whole team, you've got a lot of variety of things. You know, that makes sense. But BHAG goals may not be the best thing for your personal life, and may not be the best thing for students. Um, until they're, you like, if you build your classroom into into a unit that actually is cohesive and, and working well together, set a big hairy audacious goal for some. You still need to be kind of time bound with teaching and the nature of it, um, but you can be a little more audacious once you have that sense of a team. So, so yeah, looking at context is really important. Um, and and the the sophistication of who you're dealing with. You know, little kids are not going to have the same goals. Uh, 
and and part of what you can be doing is experimenting with goals with them, like see where they land. Um, one of the things there's another um, a framework that I wanted to uh, call hard goals: heartfelt, animated, required, and difficult. <laughs> um, and the approach here is is more about aligning the intentionality and the purpose. Um, you know, more than being specific and clear and you know like like the smart um framework is is l understanding there's differences in how people operate in different environments like some environments it's like you know your computer programmers are going to be very precise and they, yeah it's going to be smart and you know um they might not need the heartfelt piece quite as much as as say a group of artists who are working on a different kind of project uh is that the frameworks you choose should probably align with the nature of the goals you're trying to pursue, but also the nature of the group you're in part of, who you are as a person. Um, I, I think frameworks, pretty much any frameworks that's getting some traction in the world, um, you know, go on the internet and just say goal frameworks. I did that. I <laughs> uh, found a few I didn't wasn't familiar with before. Um, but then if it if it fits for what you're doing, go for it. It's going to be great because we all need structure. That's another thing that people sometimes don't understand about like the uh, uh, autonomy as a need is like they think autonomy and structure are two different things because of in the u.s it's because uh, there was this whole movement in the 60s and 70s or throw out structure uh, what they meant was change the structure <laughs> they were just emphasizing different structures um, and most of those schools failed because they didn't understand the necessity of the structure itself the ones who succeeded actually found structures that worked uh, they don't call them that necessarily but they did um, so we need structure, and so having a goal structure, you know, having a framework to go through and see if your goal is is it sufficiently relevant? Is it do you really have a specific enough time frame for it? Um, and then you know, and then you can move forward. Uh, you know, having those frameworks really helps. Um, but I wouldn't say that there's a particular one. There is going to be one that works better for some things than others. But that's something you have to figure out. Like the, the goal setter has to be able to say, oh, okay, you know. I'm really going to structure goals in a certain way. Um, like I have a, I have one of these devices. This is the one that just got, this is the Halo. So it actually has just been, they decided not to support it anymore. <laughs> so this is soon going to be a useless piece of electronic gear on my wrist. But part of the reason for getting this was like, oh, I can actually see some, get some data. It'd be very clear and specific about how I'm actually doing, then setting goals which actually haven't even, that hasn't done a lot, <laughs> um, uh, mainly because it, it, the frustrating thing about this, and I suspect the reason it's no longer worth supporting by the company, is they set arbitrary goals. And it was like, that goal's not meaningful to me. And you don't have a mechanism for fitting my goals into your system? Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So I had a conversation, I, I ran a professional development session with with teachers and and the overall topic was establishing relationships with students and positive ways to, to do that. And I brought up the topic of goal setting and how I used to do it in my classroom. And a teacher said to me that they were concerned with students setting goals, not reaching their goals and being crushed by that. And they've seen it in their own children where it's something that they struggle to handle when they don't reach their goals. So I am very, I am never... A binary person. I never think it's one way or the other, and it has to be that way. I think there is always a middle ground. But I'm going to ask for a binary answer from you right now. Is it better for students to avoid to not experience goal setting at all, or 
is it better for them to experience goal setting in a classroom and potentially fail at reaching their goal? Uh, the second, for sure. Um, they should experience goal setting. Now, the challenge of experiencing goal setting is, and, and, and when they're going to be crushed by not achieving a goal, you have to question how that goal was chosen and how it was pursued. Um, was it a goal that they were setting to please the teacher? Well, if the, you, you have to expect that that's going to be the case sometimes. And, and if they are, if you're building your relationship such that they would be crushed by your disappointment and they're not achieving the goal, even though, you know, that's something you need to be careful about. Uh, that's a responsibility that you should take seriously. And, and, you know, this is where getting to know your students is so important is you have to know, like, I'm going to structure this goal and we're going to pursue this, but is it my goal or is it their goal? Because if it's mine, then you need to make sure that there's not the pressure on them that they're going to feel emotionally devastated by not achieving it. Because that's something that's, if they're simply devastated because of your disappointment, that's not a good idea. <laughs> um, if, if they were fully committed to the goal and they, dis they, and they fail and they're disappointed, you know, emo the emotional crushing isn't the crucial thing. It's are they is the emotions that they're going to feel after for around failing going to be something that is a valuable feature of their learning, or is it simply causing suffering that they is not going to be valuable learning? Is it just causing suffering, and they're not going to have the mechanism to reframe that that emotion into oh okay I can exert more effort or I can take a different strategy or I can like, if it's their goal, they'll be like, okay, that was devastating. I really wanted that, but now I can pursue it in this other way or this different way or in this other format or something. Um, but if it was your goal and you disappear, then it ends. And it's like, they're, they're not, you know, they're, they're, they just have a negative experience from that goal. And so they may associate that with goal setting itself. And that's not a good outcome. Um, so it's, it's really how they're, it's how you're framing the result, whether it's successful or unsuccessful. If they're successful in their goal and they just say, yay me and move on, there's not really much of a learning experience there, there either because they're not, if they don't take the time to evaluate, well, what did I do to reach that goal? That's right. What were the steps I took? How did I track myself how to, how was i held accountable how was i supported by my teacher or my peers or or my parents or guardians that's right and the same as not reaching the goal if they don't reach the goal but they have that same conversation then the the same value is there in reaching that goal and and having that reflection yeah and so absolutely. so for for classroom teachers to think one more thing to think i have one more thing to fit in my classroom always seems impossible but I, I can promise you that this is something that doesn't take a lot of time. You you talk to students about your own goal, you share it, and you talk about here's here's my plan to hold myself accountable. It's a five minute conversation. Next day, week later, you know the 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 next whenever you say okay, let's start to think about your own goals. And like you're saying here, Don, it's important that they really set goals that matter to them 
And so when I would do it with my students, I would always say, listen, I want you to have some sort of academic goal. And my reasoning behind that was not because that was the most important thing, but it was something that I said, I can support you. I can provide you maximum support on your academic goal. I also want you to set a social goal or a outside of school goal. Anything else you want to accomplish, please, let's, I want you to add that to your journal and we can talk about that. And I can look at that and say, oh, you know, I used to, I would have kids that would set like sports goals. Like I want to make a, I want to make a travel team or I want to learn how to do this in a sport or something like that. And I might say, hey, I used to play that sport. Like one day at recess, I'll come out and I'll spend 10 minutes with you and I'll, I'll help you. Right. Or I could say, well, you know, you know, did you know that teacher used to play the piano? Have you ever considered asking them for advice or see if they have a piano teacher they would recommend? So I could possibly support those external goals, but I, I want it. I, I would say I forced them to set an academic goal, but I, I didn't put any parameters on it. It was any subject, any, anything they wanted to accomplish, even if it was just get an A on one test for the first time in my life, right? Something that hopefully still mattered to them. And again, it didn't take a lot of time and you can continue to sprinkle in those checkpoints or those conversations, whether it's as a whole class, meeting with them individually, um, but trying to find ways for them to remember their goals and, and to circle back to those goals, I, I think is important. But it's something that I, I truly believe you can embed into the classroom and not take a huge time commitment towards it. Absolutely. And and I think it is one of those things, like you said, you know, is exposure to it good? Yes. And and just making sure that that, you know, you're clear. I'm I had you set that academic goal. And so, you know, we're not gonna make a big deal out of it, except to the degree that they choose to. Like they they can really invest in it and make it a big deal. And then that's great. That's that's a lot that's usually more fun. Uh, but it, you know, there's going to be times when they don't invest in that goal. Uh, they set it and they pursue it and they, you know, may get some support. Um, but that was something that, that, you know, you have to also be realistic about what are the parameters around that? What, where's the juice in this? Is it something that we can really, um, uh, ha ha have it, have it be, uh, the goal that, that like, okay, it's great if you achieve it, you know, we're, we're not going to be too upset about it, but we're going to have the debrief about that goal in any case. And that's what you're pointing to before is if you have the debrief, regardless of what their investment was, part of the reflection can be how invested were you? Is this important to you? Well, if it wasn't important and you didn't achieve it, then, you know, okay, we'll try again with something maybe you know, a little less, you know, ambitious or something that fits better with your level of investment. Um, but also having that other goal is really important too, because then they can see whether there is something that it, personally they said it, it wasn't as, it was, you, you asked them to set it, but it, it it's going to be a little more of an investment for them because they created it from whole cloth, so to speak. Um, so yeah, that's, I think that's a really good, um, you know, yes, you, you should do it, expose them to it, find out ways, you know, ways to make sure the goals fit into the classroom experience. Um, but then also you have to follow through with it and make sure that you remember it and follow through on it and debrief it when, when whatever the end point was, whether that's, you know, the, the, the game that they played or the, you know, the recital or whatever it is their goal was, but having some way to then say, oh, okay, how'd that work? You know, regardless of the outcome, yes, you succeeded, but why did you succeed? Or if you didn't succeed, why didn't you succeed? 
Mm-hmm. And listen, just try it. We we get busy. I'll t- I'll tell you flat out. There are I could think back to years, or I won't even know the specific year, but I can tell you right now. I set goals with my class, and then four months later, I said, "Wow, none of us have looked at a single goal, including me." And look what happened. How many of us actually accomplished anything towards that goal? Great. Not many of us because we didn't we didn't spend the time. We didn't talk about it. We didn't circle back to it. So even in my complete lapse of supporting goals, mm-hmm. it was still a learning experience to say, you can write something down, but if you don't think about it and you don't track <laughs> it and you don't and you don't have a conversation around it, not, it's not going to move the needle. And so and keep it simple. Have the kids write a one sentence goal one sentence that relates to what you teach secondary teachers. I know you have more kids, you, you know, as a self-contained elementary teacher, you only have 30 as a secondary teacher, you might have 150, but just boil it down to one sentence and just keep that on your class roster. And just, it's something you can glance at. And then it's, as you progress through, you can say, Oh, this student has a writing goal. They're turning in a writing assignment. Let me, let me, let me highlight this with them right now. So just keep it as simple as possible. And even if there's, let's just say, mediocre success towards it, if you are circling back to a goal a student has set, even if they don't accomplish that goal, or even if it's a small goal that they reach, the fact that you are circling back on a goal that they set is going to have a huge impact on the rapport and relationship you have with that student because it shows that you care and you listen to them and you are intentionally trying to do something to help them that they set for themselves. So I just, I just think there's so many valuable pieces to it. So I, I want to, we, we need to cut this conversation off at some point just for time purposes. <laughs> so is there anything really important related to successful goal setting that you don't think we've talked about here that would help teachers maybe push past, push past, the momentum or, or help them accomplish goals if they are, are someone that really has struggled to set goals and reach those goals. Hmm. I think we've actually done a pretty good job. Um, I think the, um, I, I think the most important point though, uh, which I kind of kicked off with was around those kind of meta, the meta goals that underlie all the goals you're setting. Um, in, in one sense, setting goals is an expression of who you are. Um, and, and, and so part of understanding why they succeed and fail uh, can be, be, okay, you know, this really hit on the edge that I was in this particular area. Um, and, and I think it, it, it comes back to like, okay, do you really have the passion to pursue this? Uh, and if you don't, can you generate it? <laughs> um, because because that's that's where you can cultivate that uh, sensibility of okay I I can find the edge of of what I need to do in order to you know take something that I have to do I have to put up with doing it um, but I can find ways to challenge myself within that um, and 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 still get it done um, so I think I think it it really gets to um, digging deep in yourself to to ensure that you're you're really bringing your all to how you're pursuing it and and or how you're formulating it and how you're pursuing it and then how you follow up with it um, to say okay when you you know I, I think it's really important to you know when you 
mess up on a goal, uh, when you you know discover, oh, I haven't paid attention to it, is do the debrief and say, okay, why didn't that work? Uh, what was it? Um, and you're you're going to deepen your ability to formulate good goals and and have effective strategies for pursuing them by doing those debriefs. Um, so you'll build that skill as well, even right. when it's hard. <laughs> right. And if you're struggling to think of something, teachers, and you haven't done this before, make your goal to set goals with students and the and to hold them accountable. That's the perfect. That's the perfect way to kick it off. So your your goal is to support their own goal setting pursuit, and and that's a that's a great way to try to introduce it into your classroom because then you're focused on how to successfully embed it in, into your into your daily practice or your your weekly practice with them. So Don, thank you so much for for coming back and, and joining us. Can you let our audience know where they can find out more about you and where they can check out some of your books and and maybe just a, a quick elevator pitch on what some of those books would be for teachers? <laughs> so uh, my the best place to find me is holisticequity.org. Um, and my, my book is called Schooling for Holistic Equity, How to Manage the Hidden Curriculum in K-12. Um, for me, that's uh, the place that I, I, I've poured myself into that uh, forum and, and made a lot of videos and, and, and my book is available there. Um, one of the things that, that just came out recently um, is a... Uh, tool that I offer teachers at uh, to help them with uh, assessing climate in your classroom in real time or close to real time. Um, so it's called the cli uh, formative climate assessment. So you're probably familiar with uh, uh, assessments that are done once a year or twice a year. Uh, this is one you can use on a weekly, monthly basis and really find out when you, what, whatever it is you're doing to build the climate, the positive climate in your classroom, do you know it's having the effects you want? This is a tool you can use uh, very quickly and easily uh, figure out what's going on. You know, what is the climate in your classroom at this moment? Uh, right now, the the pieces that are available are around the need satisfaction for the students in the classroom, uh, but more pieces around motivation and engagement will be coming available. Um, but you can really get some good feedback and very specific, uh, actionable data on, on uh, what's going on and how to improve the climate uh, immediately. So, so look under the tools tab at holisticequity.org for the uh, formative climate tool. Excellent. Thank you so much, Don. And we will link up to your website on our show notes page, which can be found on our website at poweredup.com or wherever you're watching and listening to this, you can just scroll down and there will be a clickable link there for you as well. So thank you again for joining us. I love this conversation. It's helping me reflect on my own goal setting. And, and I, I think it'll be helpful for teachers that are looking to embed this into their classroom for their students, as well as setting their own goals. And thank you to everyone for listening. If you have not already, please subscribe wherever you're watching or listening to us and share this out with other teachers to help them learn and grow as well. And so I hope you're enjoying your summer and you can start to think about and reflect on some goals you want to set for the 2023-2024 school year. So Don, thank you so much. And hopefully we left you feeling powered up as we power down this episode. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't already, please subscribe on whichever platform you're listening to or watching us on YouTube. Each week we get to talk to amazing educators. We're making a positive impact 
on the lives of students, their colleagues, administrators, and education as a whole. It's been such a privilege every week to be able to talk to these incredible individuals, learn from them, grow with them, and better myself and all of education through these conversations. If you haven't already, please consider sharing this with a colleague, someone who can benefit and be powered up from the experience of listening to these incredible conversations. Because of Powered Up, we are powering education by empowering you.